Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 355 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading Revelation 17 today, and our focus is on who is the whore of Babylon, who is the great harlot, who is Babylon the great, who is the great prostitute. By the way, all four of those are different ways of saying the same question. Well, every day, as you know, we get into the Word of God, we read it, we think about it, we seek to understand it, we turn to great saints of the past and present for wisdom in seeking to follow the Word and know what it means and have it dwell richly in our hearts by faith. I appreciate you joining us. I would also appreciate you telling a friend or family member about the podcast. And you can point them to our website, which is Bible2021.com, Bible2021.com. Every episode of the show has its own entry as a transcript page in the form of a blog post at Bible2021.com. And you can go there and search and see everything we've talked about over the year. Revelation 17. (laughs) Wow. Where in the world are we going to start with this chapter? It's a big puzzler, a mystery. We are going to begin to discuss the mystery of the Whore of Babylon. And in a couple of days, when we reach Revelation 18, we're going to dive even deeper, seeking to answer the question, is the Whore of Babylon the existing institutional church, as many have alleged in the 21st century? But that's not today. That's in a couple of days. And I do need to say this up front. I do know that the word whore, W-H-O-R-E, is somewhat offensive. And the CSB Bible and a lot of other modern translations use the word prostitute instead of the word whore. And this passage is not talking about a literal person that sells themselves intimately for money, but something much deeper than that. And thus the use of the words whore or prostitute are metaphorical. Now, for many years, uh, up until fairly recently, nearly all Bibles used the word whore or harlot to refer to this entity in the book of Revelation, and that's why we've mentioned that name up until now, but from here on out, I'll use the P word instead of the WH word. Well, as noted the last few days, we are now getting deeper into the more obscure waters of the book of Revelation, the parts that are a little bit less clear and quite a bit more symbolic than the earlier and ending portions of the book. So let's go ahead and read chapter 17. And as we do, let's make a mental note that this chapter begins a pretty significant discussion of the prostitute of Babylon that's going to unfold over the next few chapters. This is Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me. Come, I will show you the the judgment of the notorious prostitute who is seated on many waters. The kings of the earth committed sexual immorality with her, and those who live on the earth became drunk on the wine of her sexual immorality. Then he carried me away in the spirit to a wilderness. I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, jewels, and pearls. She had a golden cup in her hand, filled with everything detestable and with the impurities of her prostitution. On her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, and of the detestable things of the earth. 
Then I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses to Jesus. And when I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up from the abyss and go to destruction. Those who live on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast that was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must remain for only a little while. The beast that was and is not is itself an eighth king, but it belongs to the seven and is going to destruction. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they will receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. They have one purpose and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will conquer them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. Those with him are called chosen and faithful. He also said to me, the waters you saw where the prostitute was seated are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The ten horns you saw and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked, devour her flesh, and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his plan by having one purpose and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman you saw is the great city that has royal power over the kings of the earth. Yeah, wow. Hmm. So this entity, the prostitute of Babylon, is an important figure in the book of Revelation. And like the other important figures here, her identity is highly debated. I'm referring to her as an entity because I think there exists a very strong possibility that she, in quotes, is not like a person, but an institution of sorts. And I'm not sure we're going to be able to fully solve the mystery of the identity of the prostitute of Babylon today, but I do believe that we can find some significant clues in the text of the Bible, and we'll discuss some of the major theories going into that uh, in a couple of days as well. First things first, the word here that is translated as prostitute or harlot or the WH word uh, is the Greek word porne. That's uh P-O-R-N-E in English, or porne with a, kind of an accent on the end. It's itself derived from a Greek word that means fornicator, and that word is derived from a word that means to sell. Interestingly enough, our modern word pornography is also derived from these words, and the King James Version of the Bible usually translates the word porne as harlot, as in the well-known Old Testament figure who was ultimately saved, Rahab the harlot. Now, we need to consider also the location of Babylon. Now, we got to remember that the Jewish people of the first century did not like Babylon at all, because this was a kingdom a few hundred years earlier that had basically wiped the floor with the kingdom of Judah and carried away many of their people into captivity. Now, that said, most scholars don't believe that the prostitute of Babylon is literally from the city of Babylon. I know that's confusing, but we got to know that there's a lot of figurative and symbolic language in the book of Revelation, like Revelation 11.8, where John talks about 
uh, a city called Sodom in Egypt. But he goes ahead and tells us that he's being figurative and that he's actually referring to Jerusalem. So I think that's what's going on here. Most scholars think that's what's going on here. We're not literally talking about modern-day Babylon or even ancient Babylon, but we're talking about a city or a place or an institution that is reminiscent of Babylon in a lot of ways. Uh, the most popular interpretation over the years of who Babylon is referring to or what Babylon is referring to has been the city of Rome, which is famously a city with seven hills, which, of course, corresponds to the seven heads or the seven mountains on which this woman, the prostitute of Babylon, is seated. Now, that view dates back at least to the 200s A.D., because we have some surviving writings from a Slovenian bishop named Victorianus who believed that. Many of the early Protestants like Martin Luther, John Calvin, uh, John Knox, the Thundering Scot, also had held to this view. Uh, and many of the reformers associated the prostitute of Babylon with the Roman Catholic Church. And our good old friend Charles Spurgeon is one of the foremost among them who did that. In his commentary on Revelation chapter 17, Spurgeon says a variety of things that point to uh, the Roman Catholic Church being equivalent to the prostitute of Babylon. He says, Rome stands literally as well as spiritually in a wilderness. He says, names of blasphemy are abundant in that church whose head dares to call himself infallible. This is referring to the part of Revelation 17 that talks about the woman having blasphemous names on her. And of course, Spurgeon is talking about the Pope. And in commenting on verse 5, which says, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Spurgeon says, these words are like a photograph of the papacy. No portrait could be more accurate. <laughs> yeah, wow. So he really believed that the prostitute of Babylon was uh, the Roman Catholic Church. And he says elsewhere, modern Rome too has an awful doom yet to come. She, above all other cities, has a fearful future before her. She is wrapped in scarlet and sits on seven hills, the whore of Babylon, drunk with the blood of the saints. She will meet the doom yet foretold in the revelation. Lo, God hath said it. She shall be rent to pieces. She shall be burnt with fire and utterly consumed. So you really see in the reformers uh, after the Protestant Reformation that there was some, uh, I guess you could say, bad blood between the Protestants and the Catholics, a situation that we don't have an equivalent to right now. Uh, it's, there's definitely a difference between Catholics and Protestants, but not the same kind of uh, vehement difference in terms of um, personal disliking and things like that as we found hundreds of years ago. Well, the eminent church historian Eusebius, well before the Protestant Reformation, writing in the 300s, he also agrees with Rome being Babylon, and he kind of points that back to a reference in 1 Peter 5.13, which connects Peter and Mark with Babylon. Uh, the great bishop uh, of the Greece named Ecumenius, he was writing, I think it was in the 500s or the 600s, he also believed that 
Rome was the Babylon of Revelation, and he thought it was obvious to everybody because no other city that he was aware of sat on seven hills. Now, I will note that there are other cities of antiquity that are also associated with seven hills. Toledo, Spain is one of those cities, and Istanbul in Turkey is another, and I'm sure there might be a few others that are uh, kind of spoken of in terms of being founded on seven hills. And there is a guy, I think this is like the second time in the last week or two we've quoted him, Andrew of Caesarea, a writer from the 500s AD. He did not believe that the seven mountains referred to Rome. He says this, um, he believed it was a bit of a spiritual interpretation. He said, since what is to be interpreted is spiritual, there is need, it says, for a spiritual wisdom, not a worldly wisdom to understand what is being said. We believe that the seven heads and the seven mountains are to be interpreted as seven places that excel the rest in excellence and worldly power. Some consider this old harlot to be old, this harlot to be old Rome since she sits on seven hills and the seven heads of the beast that carries the harlot are to be the more ungodly kings from Domitian to Diocletian who persecuted the church. However, says Andrew of Caesarea, we are guided as much as possible by the sequence of events and think that she is either the earthly kingdom generally depicted as in one body or that city which is ruled up until the arrival of the Antichrist. For old Rome, remembering he's writing this in the 500s, old Rome lost the power of dominion a long time ago, and we do not suppose that the ancient status will again return to it, but should we grant this, the power that governs today will have been destroyed beforehand, for the revelation says... The woman you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Well, as for me, as much as I love Spurgeon and uh, almost never disagree with his interpretation, and I also respect the opinion of uh, Eusebius and others who have held over the years that uh, the prostitute of Babylon equals the Roman Catholic Church, I'm unconvinced that that is the case. Uh, for a variety of reasons, yes, the Roman Catholic Church has in the past perpetuated great evil and corruption at times, and we've seen some more recent examples of that as well. Yes, the Roman Catholic Church has at times persecuted and killed reformers and others who called on the name of Jesus, and yes, I disagree with strongly with uh, many tenets of Roman Catholic theology. That said, I do not believe that the Roman Catholic Church of today, of recent years, kills and persecutes the people of God nearly the way that Revelation 17 through 19 portrays the prostitute of Babylon doing, nor does the Roman Catholic Church have that kind of influence, the kind of influence that we read about, uh, that we're going to read in a couple of days in Revelation 18, fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She has become a dwelling for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Has that happened in the past? Maybe. Is it currently happen happening? Are the kings of the earth benefiting and growing rich from the excessive luxuries of the Roman Catholic Church? I don't think so. It doesn't appear that way. I'm not saying I'm 100% sure, certain that the prostitute of Babylon 
is not the Roman Catholic Church, but I, I just don't see it. I don't see what is written in Revelation 17 through 19 lining up. As such, I believe the prostitute of Babylon likely refers to a future nation or an organization or a network or a coalition or a coalition of nations that, that may have extreme power and will be in a lot of ways a perversion of the church and they will have some sort of religiosity attached to it. That organization, which I think is the prostitute of of Babylon, and which I think doesn't exist yet, or doesn't exist at least in its fullest form yet, it will persecute and kill true Christians. I simply do not see such an organization active on the earth at the current time, which is December of 2021. So I assume that such an organization uh, will become prominent in the future. Now, just because I don't see it active doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, so that's just based on observation, and observation can be faulty. Now, that was a shallow dip into the topic. After a couple of days, when we're going to spend the next couple of our days in the Proverbs, uh, we're going to jump back into Revelation on Friday and pick up this topic again on Christmas Eve and yet again discuss the prostitute of Babylon in more detail because this entity is a big deal in the book of Revelation and a big deal in terms of the last days of the earth. But for now, let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of December, which is Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen and amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.